1: What is up? Welcome to episode number 402 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by Mr. Tan himself, Nick Pollock, Nick Haydon.
2: What is happening? Yes, I, I got back today. My flight was supposed to get in at like 1.45 and I got in around like 4.45, 5 o'clock. And then I didn't get home. There was traffic and everything. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, so I'm sorry the list was late today. I really am, but I just understand coming back from vacation, you just want to like lay down on the couch. No, not this guy. No. I got out that list. So did, did you it.
1: at least bring your get some good Tears of the Kingdom time on, uh, at the airport? Oh on no, the I can't
2: play on the Switch. I got to play like on the controller and the TV. But I did see my nephews for eight days, and they are Very just cute. so precious. They are Very so cute. young and wonderful. And I got to see my family and everything. It was it was a wonderful time. That's very nice. Yeah, Nick and
1: I have been a, a little bit of a break. You we had the the All Star Game, which kind of derailed some plans for us. I got up, to I got to go to the Home Run Derby, which is a lot of fun. And Thank you. It, then we, you know, the the list came out last week. We weren't able to do a podcast. Then I got waylaid by COVID. Nick on vacation with the with the, the, the flight delays. I know we're, we're 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 feeling it. We're feeling it at the fast household, oh but nothing stops this train from running. Nope. We have a lot of stuff t- to get into today, Nick, and we're actually just going to dive right into it. But we're not going to start typically with the list we are going to get to the list today we might do things a little bit differently we might like and i mean this seriously like really breeze through the top 20 or 30 um and then focus on guys that are going to hopefully help you you know win um uh, your championship because yeah. well we need to like really shift our focus to that right we're like we're, we're getting to the end of the long game yeah. right but the standings are starting to like are, put up or shut up time for, for for a lot of leagues. Before we dive into that, though, here's there's, there's a question I have for you because I'm curious about this. is a baseball question. Okay, mm-hmm. It's on a lot of people's minds. If you are the Yankees GM, what are you doing at this trade deadline?
2: I am going to PL and saying, oh, you need a database engineer. Yes, I have one good one right here. Here you go. And by the way, if you are a database engineer, we have a position open for you. So please uh, go to pitchers.com slash hiring and uh, check it out. If you feel like you're a good fit, we would love to meet you. And uh, fill out the form and we'll talk to you soon. If I were the Yankees, honestly, as a Yankee fan, um, it's interesting because I feel like if all the pieces come together, right, we should be really, really good. And we're still very much within striking distance, distance of the playoffs. Uh, Rodon plus Cole makes for a very interesting series regardless. Yep. I'm a healthy judge and all. Um, at the same time, I got to say, it was really, really fun in 2016 when we made all these amazing trades. I mean, at the time, it felt amazing. I mean, we did get Cleaver Torres after all, um, but just deals left and right and just getting all this stuff back. And there's there's something really exciting about that, um, especially at a time where we feel, I don't know, the Yankees are not in a place that everyone wants them to be. I There's all these calls to go against Cashman. I honestly don't think that's the case. Hmm. But I, but yeah, I think I would, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm indecisive about it. I don't know what I would do. That's why I'm not GM. Fair
1: enough. Okay. Didn't know if you felt one strong. What would you do as the Orioles GM or as the no. Yankees GM? Yankees. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, there's clearly a, a, a lack of, uh, of. I don't want to say skill or urgency. I'm sure there's urgency, but the, the offense is certainly lacking without Judge, right? I believe Absolutely. still, even today, I haven't checked the box score, but coming into today, Aaron Judge was still the leader in yeah. RBI and the Yankees yeah. uh, with Rizzo one behind him. So it's clearly a different team. This is not the Yankee team that I grew up watching, where they were like almost never out of it, and they always found a way in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning to kind of come sure. back and put the game away. This is a team that's blowing leads in Colorado in extra innings, blowing leads in Anaheim in extra innings, and they're in the toughest division in baseball. I still think that they can be very competitive. Um, I don't think that they need necessarily to break the bank. I think they just need one offensive player and maybe a bullpen arm to kind of like just reignite. And if they limp in as the third wild card seed, like you said, you don't want to face. Cole and what is likely by that time a healthy and well oiled Rodon in yeah. the playoffs. You know, I don't think that's ever going to be an organization that just says, you know what, we're, we're, we're count us out, we're, we're not doing it. Right? I mean, because... that's what
2: 2016 was. Yeah. Um, and we have about a good you know two weeks, right? In those two weeks, or really ten days, or so, we're going to see how the Yankees go. If we, you know, if they go way down, if Severin does not come back, if mm-hmm. into what he used to be. Uh, Rodon isn't doing the thing if the offense doesn't come together at all. And it just looks like, look, I mean, I saw in fan today, I think it was like 25% uh, playoff odds or so uh, for the Yankees at the moment. So we'll see what happens there. But look, w- this is enough about the Yankees. Your Orioles are doing great. I'm so happy for you, by the way. It's insane. I just assumed the Rays were running away with it. And uh no, not yeah. in the slightest. So good yeah. luck to you. I hope you get a wonderful reliever, maybe from the Royals or so maybe get some Giolito and maybe the price is better now after tonight's start uh, from Giolito. So uh, good luck there.
1: I, I will say real quick too, I was just having a conversation with this, with your lovely friends who I'm now in a group chat with a rather large Orioles group chat with um, about how, the Orioles, I think I'm very you have to consider the season a success no matter what. And it's really exciting and it's so awesome to be this many this this much above five hundred. It's unbelievable. I do not think that when you look at the underlying things that this is a competitive competitive team that's built for the playoffs right the thing that builds the orioles is they have the most come from behind victories in baseball i believe maybe behind the Reds. so most come behind victories in the al and they yeah. have really 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 poor defense and those are two things that you cannot build upon for the playoffs because More, coming from behind
2: one? what's the third one you can't build you know you can't build upon that i think is a, still a poor starting build. pitching there it is yeah
1: Yeah. So I, I think the starting pitching might be able to help them survive a little bit. It's been better than I think people think like, right?
2: Absolutely. But there, you know, who's the ace of that staff right now?
1: The guy who just got lit up by the Dodgers and Tyler Wells, probably. And I mean, Grayson looked good yesterday, but he didn't, I don't know if he necessarily looked great, right? He looked better. Yeah. Um, so i think about that. if you're the orioles gm i think a lot of the fans are going to be really upset because i just don't know if this is going to be the year to be like all right we're breaking the bank we're selling everyone in mm-hmm. the system sure. to get a half a year of otani um but anyway anyway um,
2: I, you know guys i am so sorry i know this is the list but let's be honest we all miss the nick and alex baseball show just a little bit there's a taste of it um and hey if this spark comes to fruition there will be a Nick and Alex baseball show pretty much, what, five days a week, something like that? Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to make it happen. Uh, who knows? We're in the exploration phase right now. Do not get no promises. I'm doing everything I can. But let's talk about the top 100. We got yes, something. Yes, let's
1: stuck. dive in. So we have like, there's two things that we can go. The, the the category that was going to be for today, I like googled like great family feud questions because I realized that like <laughs> these really that's just kind of our did? family. Yeah, because like it really is just like you you are looking for like obscure family <laughs> yeah, but feud are, questions. Essentially, the what the they're day.
0: trying
2: to do though is make us so that Steve Harvey where he's like, "Oh my gosh, how could you say that?" You know, that's what mm-hmm. they're trying to fish for. I don't don't make me do that. I, no, I, I I think that they are just
1: like interesting, thought-provoking okay. categories. This one that I thought that you would dig was like things that you would pull out of your closet. This was like specifically for special occasions, oh, but I want to say it could good. be like literally yeah. anything, like yeah, things yeah, that, in, that's in the closet. Wonderful. Okay, but I also want to provide this caveat too, uh-huh. and this won't matter as much up top. And I know there's a lot of like nuance with it, so maybe we can judge it a bit. But it's like <laughs> the person that if you are like trying to win it all this year you would be trying to acquire within that tier, right? Like who would be like the missing piece pitcher for your fantasy team within that tier. Okay. Do you want to do both or just one?
2: No, no. I mean, we'll do the, uh, we'll do the tier name. Absolutely. And then I'll say like, this is the one, yeah. And then as we go through the players, I'll say like, and that's the one that I think is most interesting.
1: All right, we're gonna burn through the first couple of tiers because these guys are all rostered, but let's go ahead and dive in with tier number one. So this is tier one. Uh number one is Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, followed by Shane McClanahan, uh Luis Castillo, Kevin Gosman, Shohei Otani, and Zach Gallen. Everyone falls one behind McClanahan who reappears uh coming off the aisle from the back injury at number three. What's it called? Why is it called that?
2: I have a shirt that's called the shirt. It's just <laughs> it's it's the best I, shirt I have. I know it it's, it, it, it's the shirt and that's yeah that's it it's just a rock it never fails and then who theoretically from this tier and then we'll, maybe we
1: can break down one would you be like alright that's the piece that I want to acquire that's going to help me you know don't worry about cost don't worry about format I know it's vague but like who would that picture be
2: yeah I mean I am I am going to have it in my mind a little bit about cost and be like this is the one that I think you can acquire with the best whatever because I mean Spencer Stray we all know is SP number one in the world but Luis Castillo, I don't think is universally number four. Um, and I think that also Luis Castillo has been a little bit worse as of late when it comes to walks and all. But Luis Castillo, you know, it, it, it's hot Castillo summer, right? So so this is the time that he normally accelerates. And I'm really excited about it. Okay, that's a good one. Is there anyone real quick that you want to hit upon here?
1: you know, before we move down to tier two, because remember, we're, we're burning through until we get a little Gallen, bit later.
2: Zach Gallon's weird, man. I'm a gallon gal, but I feel like every single start, he's doing something different. The um, last start, it was all of a sudden four seamers and cutters. Oh, so, oh, okay. Wait, hold on. Aren't you supposed to be like four seamers within curveballs and change-ups with the elite low location? Oh, no, it's cutters today. All right, 300 runs in five innings. I guess he was just trying to make that work, but it just feels like Zach Gallon hasn't I don't know. It's not like the same thing every time, right? It's not like Spencer Strider with his double digits whiffs on his slider and his fastball. That's what you're going to get. Gallon always kind of figures it out, and I and anytime I see a guy that is figuring it out each start differently, it it it's like a peg off my confidence in them. Mm. So I yeah. hate saying that about Zach Gallon, but it's one of those weird ones to me.
1: Okay, uh, let's move down to tier two then, uh, eight through 13. We're looking at Max Scherzer, followed by Joe Musgrove at nine. Tyler Glasnow into the top 10 at 10, followed by Blake Snell. What an up and down season. And here he is up at number 11, followed by Joe Ryan down four and Framber Valdez at 13. What's it called and why is it called that?
2: I mean, this is the suit. Oh, wait, I need to be an ace today? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got that man. man kind of suit. Yeah, you know. Oh, I, I was. yeah, absolutely. Of course. Okay. Um, and now it, it has mascara inside of the inner pocket because uh, <laughs> that's it what has does it, I mean, it, it does. Has The yeah. eye block. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, yeah, of man. course. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's a navy blue suit because, of course, every every 35 year old white man has a navy blue suit. <laughs> that is. <laughs> That is how you roll.
1: <laughs> you know what I got? You know what Chris got me for my birthday? It is a. It's my first custom suit that is crushed red velvet,
2: and I absolutely oh, love it. Oh, you head would pull
1: to toe. that off! Oh I, my I gosh, love, I look very good at it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so what is? Uh, who is the one pitcher from this tier that you're like? All right, I'm going to go ahead and acquire this one. I think I might know who it is, but you tell me.
2: I don't. It, this is hard because Valdez might be at a lower. Um, price right now. He might be the one just because there are the injury things there's the ankle, which I thought was actually the same thing again, but it's not. It's actually just a calf cramp that isn't recovering quite as fast, but sometimes it just happens um, that he might miss his next start. But to me, that's like, oh, that's something that passes. And then he's totally fine. And that because there might be a discount on that, I would go for Joe Ryan isn't getting his secondaries. Blake Snell, I want to say, but also it's again, very weird in the same way of Gallon. Joe Musgrove's been the one that's been just, hey, I'm doing great. I traded him away, and he's been amazing since. So, I uh, yeah, Joe Musgrove, I think, is the one that I'm acquiring because I don't really think that people consider him inside the top ten either. I didn't think you were going to go for Joe Musgrove.
1: I really thought first I thought you were going to go with Blake Snell, but then I realized nah, the price wouldn't be there. But and then and I the really chaos. did. That. Yeah, the chaos too, but uh forever valdez is who i thought you were gonna go with but jolton joe uh is i do uh, or java joe i should say excuse me not jolton joe dimaggio java joe um is is an interesting choice let's move on to tier three though like i said we're oh, no, actually, I, was about to say, I apologize
2: joe, joe musgrove not joe ryan just so everyone's clear there yeah
1: yeah yeah. joe musgrove joe yeah. musgrove um is there is someone real quick you want to break down before we
2: move on to some of the deeper tiers your boy joe ryan is being weird man i know you, what, what do you know about Joe Ryan in the past, say, like six starts or so? I know that his most recent start against the Orioles was one that I <laughs>
1: loved as an Orioles fan, but certainly didn't love as someone who was, you know, into Joe Ryan. I mean, we kind of I don't know if I wanted to say we like kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. But like the four seam didn't really it still got eight whiffs, but it just like didn't seem like it was as effective um, as it usually is for him. We saw the kind of slider come back and we saw four whiffs was just a little bit promising. And you got the 10 K's. And then I was really hoping that he was just going to come back from this all star break and just absolutely shove against Oakland. And again, it just like wasn't really there. Like the splitter just didn't really kind of perform the way that you would really want it to. So there are these small little holes in the armor that are starting to appear that have me a little bit worried.
2: Yeah. So the four seamer's still really great. Um, last six starts are so strange uh, because he has these amazing strikeout and, and walk numbers. It's a it's 32% strikeout rate, 4% walk rate for Joe Ryan. In the last 666 six, six starts, but it's a 571 ERA. Uh, it's so weird. And it's really just because the four seamers still really good. The splitter is this like 22% CSW pitch. And that's the second most thrown pitch And the slider, 26% for the full season. I mean, those are really lacking at the moment. The good news is that he's still giving you strikeouts, 47 Ks in 34 innings. So you're still going to keep going with Joe Ryan, but this is why I think you're seeing these earned run totals flip the other way a little bit. He's obviously not getting lucky, you know, 26% homer fly ball rate in that time. But, uh, yeah, you got to get those secondaries. Those are the little extra things that can turn a you know, five-earned run game to a two-earned run game if you just have an extra slider or a splitter to throw in those yeah. right moments.
1: Let's look at Tier 3. This is 14 through 20. Carlos Rodon at 14, followed by Corbin Burns, Logan Webb up at 16, followed by Zach Wheeler, Pablo Lopez, Jesus Cesardo at 19, and Julio Urias at 20, up 3. What's it called and why is it called that?
2: This is the uh, the weights. Um, So in my closet, it's like those are the things that I know would make me like the best. And I see it. I look at it. I'm like, I have a vision of the ace within. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but is it going to actually happen? Sure, sure. Uh, and then who are you
1: acquiring? Who are you pushing for people to acquire? Carlos here?
2: Redon. I think too many people. I actually remember this last week. I put Carlos Redon up to 11. And the only reason he lost three was because I had to push up Snell, Glasnow, and Musgrove as I awarded all of them the ace is going to ace label. Mm. But I see Carlos Rodon two starts in, 80 pitches in um, his last one. Sure, the strikeouts haven't been quite there, but the skills are there. And yeah. our anticipation of Carlos Rodon. It's like, this is it. He's going to go off and be an ace now, I think. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, no. And the injury risk and everything. That's behind him now. There's no indication of that being there. You have three months left. Three months. And I think there's too much fear of the injury potential in that time versus other guys who have been pitching the entire year. While Carlos Rodon has been ramping up into this, I think, like, now is the time for Rodon to soar and not be tired by the end, unlike other guys. I was
1: happy to I was taking a look at the last week's list today when I was thinking about who we were going to talk about today. And I'm very happy to see that Logan Webb is up eight to 16. Yeah, um, because I was looking at his numbers because I think that's who tomorrow's Alex Fascio episode is going to be about. And I didn't realize I mean, yeah, the the ERA is theoretically high for him because it's like a 311, but it's still like a 311 ERA, 25 near 26 percent K rate, career low whip like. I was kind of shocked that it took this long to get him in the top 20. Were you just concerned that the whip wasn't going to sustain for him?
2: Well, it was the fact that he had uh, not only 21 strikeouts in the previous two, but then there's the last one too, also seven innings again um, of seven strikeouts. Yeah, it was just kind of a matter of like, all right, fine. Like you've done this now for three straight starts of being that absolute stud. And uh, there is still that concern about the whip and the fact that the slider is not the old swing strike rate pitch, a 10% swing strike rate for the season, which is really annoying. But that changeup is 75% strike rate. That is 99th percentile in the majors. And just a 212 average allowed on it is wonderful with a 55% O swing for Webb's changeup. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Uh, There's a 37% of the time you just do not see that. Um, so, yeah. So I do have some hesitation. Um, I mean, 336 average on the sinker is going to mean that the hit nine is going to be above eight and thus the whip should be above 110. Um, but he's just been on such a good tear that I feel like, you know what, all these other guys are more, I don't know, volatile um, than than Webb is, though. I should say Wheeler, Lopez, Luzardo, Arias, all of a higher ceiling because they have the potential to have that better whip.
1: They, I, there's a chance that Logan Webb ends the year like leading the league in innings. And being like an incredibly valuable starting pitcher for guys. Oh, yeah. he, he, I think he's got like almost 10 more innings than any other pitcher. He's got 133 at the moment with a 26% K rate. So that would be if he gets 200 innings, that would be over 200 strikeouts for him. He put up like 194, 193 last year. I don't know. He's he's He, he will be an interesting conversation too for next year because his, his home run to fly ball rate is actually higher i believe i don't know if it's a career high but it's higher than we would usually see from him with a higher left on base rate and a higher BABIP, so it's like i I don't know it's very interesting to think about what logan webb is for for next year for people is he a top
2: is he an an, an sp1 for people oh i can't do that because of the whip because he Mm -hmm. just allows too many hits That's really the biggest thing uh, with me about uh, Logan Webb, and I'm really happy the changeup is as good, but also with that slider, not that great. It does feel like over a large enough sample, it's not going to be as good as it has been so far.
1: Where is he at right now in terms of the whip leaderboard?
2: He's 79th percentile. 79th percentile among all uh, starting pitchers that have faced uh, in the top 200 batters faced. So you're probably looking at qualified. Um, I'm looking at qualified,
1: but it's still it's still better than Cole Strider, Nola, Corbin sure. Burns, Mitch Keller, Shohei Otani, Shane McClanahan, Pablo Lopez, Kevin. Better than
2: Shane McClanahan's. Yeah, McClanahan's got a one thirteen whip. Oh man! Wow. Well, I, I don't want to expect them the second half. I think like when, the way I see it is hit per nine at eight point four for Logan Webb, four point six walk rate, which is the lowest he's ever had. Um, I think both of those. I mean, I think the hit rate stays where it is, and the walk rate should get a little bit worse. Um, while the other guys, I think, yeah, hearing Strider and Cole and McClanahan at that high, I think from this point moving forward, if you take the next three months, Webb has the highest chance of having the worst whip.
1: That's fair. Let's move on to. Well, is there anyone else you want
2: to hit upon before we move on to Tier Four? Uh, you you just keep learning. So this is great. Uh, you're you're clicking in. All right. Um, <laughs> anyone else? I mean, it's funny. There are a lot of really bad. I mean, it's not funny. A lot of really bad outings this past weekend. Um, like, Pablo Lopez had one. Lopez had one. Uh, Jesus Luzardo had four innings that were weird. Um, I'm not really negatively doing anything about it. I didn't really say any red flags in those outings. And Carmen Burns was so good, but I just didn't even see him do it again. Um, so I can actually believe that Cornburns is truly back instead of just one 13 strikeout game.
1: Okay, then uh, we're going to move on to tier four, which has about eight to 10 pitchers. But before we do, I'm going to take a quick break.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. And based on a sample of 4272 numers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com. That's n o o m.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: And we're back here at Tier 4, 21 through 29. We're starting with James Paxton, followed by George Kirby, who falls 8 to 22. Sandy Alcantara, 23, followed by Freddie Peralta, Aaron Nola, Hugh Darvish, Lucas Giolito down 5 to 27. Logan Gilbert and rounding out the tier up 5 to 29 is Dylan Cease.
2: What's it called? And why is it called that? It's the pre-made tie. Uh, you know those. You, you, you have those in your already, closet? You- I, of course, I already have like the tie already done. I throw it over and make sure that it's okay done. Like okay. not one of those clip-ons. No, 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 no. I hear you. Like, it's like already tie tied up. already and worn. Tightened. Yep. That is. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if, if, you know, if I were an ace, I wouldn't need this ever. Mm. But, you know, sometimes it, I put it on and it makes me feel like an ace. Mm.
1: Okay. So then who, this is an interesting tier. This is like where it really starts to, you know, all right, maybe some of these guys from who could be on some, some losing teams here and they might be looking to sell, who are you looking to acquire from this tier? So again, it's Paxton, Kirby, Alcantara, Peralta, Nola, Darvish, Giolito, Gilbert, and Cease.
2: Okay, so uh, you're saying, of course, acquiring fantasy teams, not an actual mm-hmm. real life baseball. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so this is interesting. It's not going to be Paxton because there is a there is the the risk of health, and that's why I brought him to the fourth tier. It's not going to be Kirby because I don't trust the K rate. It could be Sandy, but I think honestly, Sandy's value like like perception in the market is somewhat right at the moment. Uh, Freddie Peralta I think is undervalued so he's someone I would consider he's throwing really well it looks uh, his, I think his last six starts are something like 34% K rate in a sub one whip um, Darvish is so interesting and mm-hmm. I think Darvish is the one that a lot of people are not really going to buy the one start he just had just from on paper being like oh he's been so bad for so long I think I saw on Reddit um, someone was upset about my Darvish shrink last week being like he's had a sub four ERA in just one month this year thus he's not good and that's a very, very understandable argument. Um, but we all know about Darvish is that he is volatile and he goes through ups and downs, and he makes adjustments, and he finds a rhythm. Yep. And I've been, I've been yelling and clamoring this forever fast, especially this mm. year. I mean, like all I want from Darvish is he gotta throw sinkers only to right-handers, jam him. You get that fastball, actually try to intent elevate it, and then use the curveball and the and the slider inside and out of the zone. Don't worry about anything else. Just do that. Stop trying to throw like nine pitches perfectly or whatever and just yep. throw in the stuff wise. Do that. And that's exactly what he did. It, like exactly what he did in a 9 strikeouts and dominated. Yep. And it was like the first time the entire season that I looked at a strike zone plot and I saw actual understanding of an approach. It was glorious. And I watched it and he did it. I mean, sure, the sinker could have been more inside sometimes against right handers and stuff. And there's little bits in here that I'm like, okay, you know, get better at this thing. But that's the approach and it worked. And I like, you know, it'd be crazy to me if he goes to his next start, Darvish, and it goes, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know? And I, I, the question, Darvish. of course, is repeatability, right? Uh, but I feel like there's something that clicked there for Darvish. And I feel really good about him for the second half.
1: Listen, the, the angel and devil on my shoulders are here for it. I know. The, the, yeah. the, the devil I know. on it is like, yeah, but it's you, Darvish. And that's the whole point is that he's so, you know, you, we, we see the paths for him all the time. We talked about it at the beginning of the season, just elevate the four seamer and throw the slider. You really don't even need anything else. Just go ahead and you're fine. And that it's like, OK, so I'm not dealing with it. But the other side of me is like, yeah, but we've seen him click and get hot in second halves before. And it has been, he's been the best pitcher in baseball. He's just been the right. best pitcher in baseball. And I will also WhatsApp. say is
2: that we were saying that from the beginning of the year, but he wasn't doing that. He was, he no, was he doing was all not. these, it was chaotic approaches. It was him trying to do this or that and it just wasn't working. And then then I saw a clear, good approach and it was fantastic. So yep. your Darvish is the one here that I'm chasing.
1: Anyone else in this tier before we move on to tier five?
2: No, I think I nailed the ball. We're good. Thirty through thirty-eight. Justin Verlander
1: down eleven to thirty. Justin Steele at thirty-one, followed by Zach Eflin, Bailey Ober, Bryce Miller, Bobby Miller at thirty-five, followed by Hunter Brown, Andrew Abbott, and Reed Detmers at thirty-eight. What's it called? And why is it called that?
2: It's that electric guitar. Um, where mm. you you remember yourself holding it on stage once, and it was like, you know, I could have been something. Maybe one day I still can.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. You know. Very very nice. Um, who is the pitcher that you are looking to acquire from this list?
2: This is difficult because there are, I think, overvalued guys um, that I'm a little bit lower on, I think, than, than the market. So, for example, Justin Verlander, I have a 30. I think I had to do it because he does not have ace potential. I'm sorry. I think anyone expecting Justin Verlander to be a legitimate ace again this year um, is expecting too much. I'm not saying he can't, but he doesn't have actual a tangible potential like those in tier four and tier three where Verlander just isn't a 25% strikeout guy anymore. That's mm-hmm. just not what he does. Uh, and that's okay. He can be a really good Holly. That is like just maybe 22% strikeouts and good ratios and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, so that's not Justin Verlander. Justin Steele just had a really bad outing, but I think he's still doing it really well. And I think a lot of people are very much aware If you have Justin Steele on your team. You do not want to get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bailey Ober, Zach Eflin, like you're holding on to that stuff. So it comes down to the five youngins, right? You got Bryce Miller and Bobby Miller, Hunter Brown, Andrew Abbott, Reed Demers. It's not Andrew Abbott. I've said for a while that I'm not, in on Abbott. Hunter Brown, don't know what he's doing. And I was tempted to even move him down further, but then I realized I already moved him down last week and he hasn't started. So he starts tonight. I don't know how he did, but at the time, this publication, I didn't know. So it's really between Reed Demers and Bobby Miller for me. And, I'm going to go with Bobby Miller. Um, the knee thing is so annoying. He got removed from his last start. He could have done it in the fifth inning, but he had some knee discomfort or something. So he pulled, he was pulled from it. He was frustrated, but he understood. Like he could have gone through it. So that makes me feel better about it. It's not like they're really concerned about it. Um, but he finally threw curveballs for strikes. And that's the thing mm. I overlooked. I really, really um, overvalued Miller's abil- uh, Bobby Miller's ability to throw curveballs and changes for strikes. I saw it early on. Thought it was just like, that's what it is. And then check back later, I was like, oh, no, these are sub 50% strike rates. I really dropped the ball on that. But curveball was coming back. We've seen that slider be that amazing, amazing with pitch. And do not undervalue that fastball. He does such a good job of throwing 99, 100 miles per hour in on the hands to righties to get good outs in front of a good Dodgers defense. So Bobby Miller, to me, second half could be that guy for you.
1: I like it, too, because there's a little bit of a slow play there from the Dodgers. So You probably aren't as concerned about innings in the second right, half. Absolutely. It's gonna absolutely a team that's going to have to keep pushing, probably going to go ahead and start running away with that NL West relatively soon. But you never know. Arizona's still looking good. I mean, I I think the Padres are probably done, but the Giants are still relatively close as well. Hunter Brown was in cores tonight, uh, five and a third with four earned runs, six hits, no walks, and seven Ks. Um, He did give up a lot of hard hit hit balls, though, so it isn't just like... I mean, cores could do that just because it's going to mess with the shape of your pitches, but not necessarily like... The, great
2: right yeah um, the, the course doesn't make pitches go harder they make them go farther <laughs> yeah exactly um anyone else in this tier before we move on to the next tier? um i mean yeah I've, i pretty much nailed it all. i mean i do love reed detmer's slider command wasn't that as good against the dodgers and astros don't grade him too harshly for that it's The dodgers and the astros and now he gets the pirates like you're going you should be so excited for that pirate start um yeah but yeah it's it's, it's a fun tier
1: it is a fun tier. So this is this next one? Tier six thirty nine through forty five. We're gonna start with Tyler Wells down ten, probably gonna be down even more next week, followed by Brian Bello at forty, Bayo, excuse me, Jose Barrios at forty one, Mitch Keller at forty two, Nathan Ivaldi, Brian Wu, who also got relatively beat up tonight, and Kenta Maeda at forty five. What's it called and why is it called that?
2: Um man, you were so I'm glad you corrected yourself and you knew you were wrong about Bello. Yeah, you know?
1: I'm learning. I'm learning. On um, Bayo
2: no i didn't thank you there it is okay. <laughs> that's why I, I was waiting for it okay. okay um this is that denim jacket actually you know what let's go with the varsity jacket okay The one that's just like the tried and true just like yeah i got my varsity jacket tonight you know
1: i am so upset because tonight i have in my home league i have scoobal and woo and tyler wells and they combine to give up uh what is this eight earned runs on the oh night gosh, with
2: a... Was, was Wu that bad?
1: Wu gave up six earned runs on three and a third <laughs> to Minnesota. Uh, Tyler Wells gave up five earned runs in two innings. Tarek Skubal gave up seven earned runs to the Kansas City yeah, Royals over one. four innings. It was a brutal night for all of them. Tyler Wells, you know, I'm obviously a fan. I love the way that he uses his four-seamer. I love that he's found consistency with it. He's been extremely fortunate because he's only given up solo shots, right? He's just been a victim of solo shots. And Mm -hmm. then tonight it finally happened where he gave up a walk and then a little bit of a bloop. And uh, who was it? It was uh, Jason Hayward. Took him deep for a three-run shot, and the inning just completely collapsed for him. It happened with him a couple weeks ago uh, before the break against Tampa, and it, it's frustrating. He's obviously very frustrated by it, which he talks about in our conversations. But you have to think that with he is the MLB whip leader, which makes sense as to why a lot of those solo shots are indeed solo shots. But anyway, I digress. Who from this tier? Are you interested in acquiring? Likely not Nathan Ivaldi. likely not Tyler Wells. So that still leaves us with Bayo, Berrios, Keller, Wu, and Maeda.
2: You know, what's really interesting about uh, Tyler Wells this season, you see the, what is it, 204 BABIP, 202? Mm. And you're like, okay, well, obviously that's 98th percentile. But his ex-BABIP is 98th percentile at 220. Wow. But his ex bacon mm-hmm. essentially including home runs, is 58th yeah. percentile because he allows a lot of home runs. Yeah. So that's why Babbitt isn't necessarily the best one. Um, Bacon's 263 at 97, but the expected one is 370. Oh boy, at, uh, at 58 and 1.81 homer per nine this year. But as you were mentioning, lots of solo shots because it's just a 6.3 hit per nine and low walk rates, 25% K rate, all that fun stuff. But yeah, so not great tonight and I lowered him because of that. Um, it was, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a case where I like Tyler Wells. You've talked a lot about what he does and really good pitch separation that I see every single time he pitches. And it's just great. Um, I still can't get out of my head. The fact that uh, the changeup, slider cutter, you know, the changeup is, is good, but it's not elite in my view. Hmm. Uh, maybe it is. And I'm kind of missing that. I mean, yep. it is in PLV standards. It's 97th percentile. So what the heck do I know? Um, but I uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like to me when I watch him, like that's the pitch that's gonna make him win or something, you know? Uh so it always feels as if he is in this precarious situation and he always squeezes the most out of it and that's great. And sometimes guys just do that all the time and that's kind of what Wells has done for the most part. Save of course for the, the fortune home run timings. Um, but uh but anyway, uh so that's why I brought him down to thirty nine. I brought him down to this tier because it felt more of like, yeah, in the Barrios tier and the Mitch Keller and Brian Bayer, you know, these guys that are Doing great things. They don't necessarily have really that sustainable ace is going to ace potential, right? Okay. Of this tier, who's the guy that I want to get? Honestly, I think everyone's just kind of overlooking Kenta Maeda, and that's cool with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are concerns about all of them. I think Jose Brios is fine, but it's not really potential value for you to have like a second half amazing time. And, and Brian Bayo is great, but Brian Bayo also doesn't have a slider that really does much right now. It's just sinker and changeup. And the reason why they're ranked higher than Maeda is because this is more stable and Kenta Maeda could be a little bit more shaky. However, if Maeda gets that swing strike rate back up on the slider, oh man, the changeup is looking great. I mean, the split change is fantastic right now. So uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, I, I see a five five ERA, 139 whip, and I just go, uh, that's not really him because uh, he had 10 runs before he, on the start he got hurt on. Um yeah. but he's only allowed six hundred runs in four games back. And uh, Ken my, I'm really excited to to see what he does in the second half.
1: yeah, they uh, they seem to like really you know, I remember the twins came out this past season, this off season, or Sonny Gray put them to task remember and he was like they need to let us go longer he was like i'm sick of it like they, they need to let us like go right. third time through the order yeah. and it seems like they've been willing to do that with everyone but to maeda who even with his return from the injury has yet know. to throw night he's yet to throw 90 pitches oh
2: well he threw seven innings against the royals
1: he threw seven innings but let's look at the pitch count right i mean like he threw, I mean, it he threw 87 eight no
2: i understand yeah i'm with you there i mean it wasn't a good game against oakland um, I can mm-hmm. imagine the first two back, eighty three, eighty two, fine, and they went seven innings. I'm not too, I'm not cons- too concerned with it. If it, if you if you are making the case that he's only going to be like a five and dive, um, I don't quite buy that, but I I see where you're coming from
1: with it. It is a contract year, so it wouldn't make sense unless the Twins really didn't think that they, that he could get through third time through the order. Sure. Um, anyone else in this tier you want to hit upon before moving on to the tier next tier, tier seven. L-
2: at us blazing by 45 and uh my dream got so much your dream okay all right buddy less less content for you guys now no um, efficiency efficiency lovely beautiful <laughs> efficiency nathan Ivaldi guys what what do we do fast because this, this is insane to me absolutely insane you so before the show started i i looked at just the basic line what happened zero earned runs six base runners six innings for nathan Ivaldi two strikeouts two And I mean, sure it was the raise, but two strikeouts, and I knew instantly. Okay, the velocity is still down. And guess what? We've seen four starts before this. Okay, we got ninety three point eight. We got ninety four point four. Oh, look at this! We got ninety six point one. Back down to ninety four point one. Tonight was ninety three point one miles per hour on the fastball from Nathan Nieves. Yeah, I mean, he can't keep getting away with this. We know this, and you want to say no, Nick. Last year in the second half, yep. Nathan Evaldi survived. I think it was, if I remember correctly, it's like a 126 whip. Um, in that, since the velocity dip happened, I don't want to say like mm-hmm. arbitrary second half. Whenever the, the velocity actually dipped, it was really, really tenuous and precarious. And I'm happy he survived. And I, I guess we're in a situation where we just keep starting him. But my gosh. Anyone who wants to tell me that there isn't some injury here from Nathan Evaldi is out of their mind. I, I, how is this not an injury? I don't know. He, What's going on here? It, I, huh. That's that's what I got. How do they let him throw in the All-Star game, too? Which is like kind that of... That blew my mind! Things. What's he doing yeah, there? It's
1: like, yeah, like that is clearly someone who needs like a, a little bit of rest. So it's great. Uh, I loved listening to him on the mound. That was super cool. But yeah, should not have been there. So Nick and I were actually talking uh, earlier and that's, you know, I don't know if that's why you brought it up, but we were talking about, well, yeah, and and the last two months of the season last year when his velocity was trending down, he was able to have a lot of success. And one of the ways that he seemed to really counter with that um, when he was struggling with his foreseen velocity was by upping the splitter. Uh, usage right sure um, and that really is what he's done as his foreseen velocity has increased his splitter usage has decreased yeah. now there's only been one start I think uh, maybe one or two starts of sample in July so far because I don't think it doesn't have tonight's game do you how many splitters did he end up throwing tonight did he end up going to it relatively much did he go over 25% with the pitch uh, you got to give me a little bit longer
2: leeway wait for that buddy <laughs> Oh, on. Oh, uh, yeah, as far as tonight it. for uh, Nathan Ivaldi, he went thirty percent usage on the splitter,
1: thirty percent usage on the splitter. So there for it 18% is eighteen percent
2: so we- CSW. So he upped the usage again, which is exactly what he did
1: last year, which I thought was interesting because it was like, is that going to be sustainable for him? um So th- they're kind of in in lies the question. If you think that he can have sustainable success with that no. splitter, then maybe he can continue to do so because he did it for a two month sample last year. It is just a two month sample, but yeah, I don't know. It's very scary. <laughs> it's very scary to see those terrifying velos, man. Oh my it's, gosh, I I, like I can't. One, I can't. Oh four that. whiffs. Four whips, yeah, but an eighteen percent CSW on four whips. I mean, get it down. Prone.
2: The location of it was generally good. It's just, ah, man, it, yeah, it's one it's of those scary. things where like he's going to have like a seven and a run game, and we go, oh yeah, right, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: then, right now, you're saying movie of aldi because find someone who might not <laughs> care as much or be aware of the velo so, and just so get. I don't you
2: know can. if you know this about me, fast. I flip my Ws and my Ms all mm-hmm. the time, mentally. And you said movie or whatever you said.
1: movie of <laughs> yeah
2: Yeah, uh, because it's Brian Wu underneath and I just... Uh, and that, yeah. <laughs> it's just messing with my mind. Um, wu Ivaldi, But it gives yeah. you such a
1: great gift for puns. I, I well guess.
2: Sometimes, maybe. I, I think silver I have lines. enough of one. <laughs> I don't need that. Silver, silver lining. That's true. Um Anyone else before we move on to the next tier? Uh, Mitch Keller got rocked again today and that's, I mean... I'm trying to keep tabs on how many times I say that certain pitchers are weird in the mm-hmm. year, right? Like Mitch Keller has been a pitcher to me that's weird. Yep. Uh, Merrill Kelly was weird, but he got hurt, and I started to believe it because of the changeup Was that good? Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, and I feel bad that he got hurt. Tyler Wells was always weird, but you broke it down really well about him. Um, but yeah, Mitch Keller's been weird the entire time, and uh, it's starting to feel like it's weird. Th- this was sweeper-heavy all of a sudden. I haven't seen that all mm-hmm. year from from mitch keller it's been like fastballs four seamers sinkers and cutters and then yeah maybe some hey look at me i'm a slider i'm a, I'm a curveball oh here's maybe one whiff two whiffs you know that's it uh this was like 33 percent sweepers and that to me screams a guy that's trying to find something new because it wasn't this like amazing pitch i think it was three over 33 whiffs if I remember correctly mm. so that's under 10 percent right Swing yeah. strike rate. Like, that isn't a pitch that demands to be thrown 33 times. That's a guy searching, I think, for something. So,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of hullabaloo about him, too, because I think it was very late before he was announced that he was going to be the starter today. And he'd already been on a good amount of rest. So, a lot of people were really digging into that. Like, I don't, I think it was like 24 hours oh, before like they didn't announce their full schedule so people were digging into that so maybe there is something there um we've got plenty of pitchers to get to I really thought we would get to pitcher 50 before the 40 minute mark I was wrong <laughs> but that's all good uh we're gonna take a quick break and get back with the rest of the list all right we're back here tier 7 46 through 55 we're starting with Charlie Morton followed by Kodai Senga up 6 to 47 then we have Sonny Gray Lance Lynn Terek Skubal rounds out the top 50 followed by Marcus Stroman down 4 to 51 Chris Bassett eduardo rodriguez alex cobb up 10 and jordan montgomery up 13 to number 55 what's it called and why is it called that
2: this uh, man um i'm gonna say it's the cowboy boots you know why? You ha- do well, you really have we- cowboy boots I, uh, you don't know my closet fast <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and by the way i don't have a varsity jacket in there you know um that would surprise uh, me less I, I'm we we did do it. It was like a 46 kids in my graduating class. It wasn't like a a thing. Um, but anyway, no, this is the cowboy boots because it's like you're taking a risk. But you know those those things are built well, you know, and, and they are sturdy. They are what they are, mm. and they do them well. But you're you're taking a little bit of a chance if you're going out there with the cowboy boots.
1: And then who from this tier would you suggest people acquire for their teams? Oh,
2: this a tough is, one. This is really hard. You know one yeah. of the funniest thing about this series to me? What is the thing I was saying in the entire offseason? What's a stupid joke I've said about Charlie Morton for like the um, past year? Um, I don't know. He was really bad in 2021 until about the middle of May. Mm-hmm. And then he was really bad until the, about early June in 2022. Sure, so I don't want so to draft sure. Charlie Morton because he's not going to be good until the beginning of July. And he's been so good in July. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's just small sample hilarity. Um, you know, the person I probably would acquire here, just thinking about like their price and everything, I think people would be out on Turk's schoolball after tonight's affair against the Royals. He's and my in. guy too. Yeah, I mean, I think the fastball location was great. The, in it. The velocity was a little bit less than 96, but still at 95. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think the more time he gets, he's going to get better with the secondary. So that's traditionally what happens is these younger guys, especially when they come back from injury, you see the secondary approach develop. Um, if you give him enough time. And seeing the fastball as good as it is right now, I think I stick with it.
1: He was 100% my guy too. I mean, I, I don't know if I would necessarily like... Kodai has been on a heck of a tear, right? I mean that that eight inning domination against Arizona yeah. with twelve Ks backing it up against the Dodgers with one earned run, two walks, and nine Ks, going over a hundred pitches on four consecutive starts.
2: Like the the Mets are just letting it fly, and
1: he's been returning the favor a lot. He has the eleventh best.
2: Is eleven the best strikeout rate in the majors? And this is what I overlooked and underrated about Kodai Senga is that he's one hundred twenty two strikeouts right now. That's cool. You know, I've been saying, look, the whip is going to be volatile and I don't, I don't neglect whip. I think like whip is the most underrated, sadly, it's the most ignored hmm. one. And that's a big yeah. deal. 126 whip brings you down. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, look, Kodai Singh is too volatile for me. um But the you is at 320. I thought it would be more like 3.7 or so. And so many strikeouts. And I say, you know what, I'm, I'm overlooking this too much. Um, that's so I splitter,
1: moved up, man. It's been good. It's it's four consecutive starts of five yeah. whiffs or more. I mean, it's
2: ten whiffs and eight whiffs and it's... it's yeah, been, it's and been... a 49% strike rate for the year How at 33% uh, percentile. However, 93rd percentile CSW. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. That's gotta. you <laughs> want to talk about volatility, 0.86 expected average just because, of course, all the strikeouts he gets when he throws this pitch. 60% of the time in two strike counts. So... Oh, that boy. that ha- that truly has to be all all whiffs too, like because even even the Arizona start
1: he had zero called strikes on ten whiffs yeah, in that picture. Six percent was called strike
2: rate. Six percent, you know, that's unbelievable. Love it.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a, I, I imagine there's a few quick hits that you want to say. I mean, nice to see Jordan Montgomery back. I mean, I think he's going to be a prime trade candidate for for a lot of people in real baseball. I mean, Any your other Orioles can use him absolutely. I would I would take
2: that. I'd I totally feel like he's probably. already an Oriole. You know, he he's so boring in what he does that he feels like an Orioles pitcher to me. So uh, the only thing I'm
1: looking at right now is seeing, yeah, the only reason why I don't think the Orioles would be in is I don't know if they're going to want to acquire anyone who's a quick rental, especially because the Cardinals might have high asking prices. Because also the Cardinals are like, we need pitching, 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 and more pitching. And unless they can sell DL Hall, they don't really have a lot of people to get rid of. Um Montgomery's an interesting free
2: yeah, agent. You know who really needs anyway. Deal Hall this year? The Orioles.
1: Uh, seriously, but he's he's. <laughs> they had to go send him to this odd rehab assignment to like build no, up his strength. No, I understand why again. he's
2: not. It's just like I, you know, look at the bullpen, right? And it's everything. Uh, no, and it's Batista, and then what?
1: It's it's a
2: mix. I know they Dylan so Tate's out for the year. He's like the last piece of it. So I imagine you'll get some random reliever that's going to be great for you guys. Let's Jordan cool. Hicks. Sure. Uh, yeah, package. Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Hicks. Just the double Jordans. Yeah, give us your Jordans. Give us all your Jordans
1: yeah. and we'll give you TL. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, anyone else the, this year? The before?
2: Jordan tear. Um, <laughs> I, Lance Lynn, what are we doing? I don't know. It's Atlanta. It was the last one, but he still has the skills in his four-seamer and cutter. So, all right. And um, you're seeing the the dip from Strowman and Bassett, even though they were both good last time. That's only because I just really felt like the tiers were better situated this way paired with eduardo rodriguez alex and Jordan montgomery and having tier six is more of a uh intriguing tier that i think matched more than before so don't really look too much into that also morden singa in lane had to be above them so
1: there you go mm. um tier eight 56 through 64 uh we're looking at christian javier down four to 56 oof uh taj bradley at 57 gavin williams jack flaherty at 59 tanner bybee at number 60 followed by Three dudes reappearing mm-hmm. on the list: in Grayson Rodriguez at sixty-one, Edward Cabrera at sixty-two, Logan Allen at sixty-three, and Kyle Bradish up eleven spots to sixty-four. Holy smokes! A new Orioles tier, a tier eight. <laughs> What's it called? And why is it called that?
2: This is called the old relationship box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where yes. like it's 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 Was cherry it bomb. It, you know, it could be really nice and just happy mm-hmm. to reflect on these good things that happen, or, or it could just be yeah, yeah
1: emotional um who are you trying to acquire because i think a lot of people are gonna say oh probably probably grayson rodriguez right but who who are you pushing for here
2: do i have to choose someone yes
1: <laughs> i can i can talk about grayson no, for a second if you i, want to I think can tell about you it. who
2: it is who i actually think um Might have the best chance of being effective. I mean, look, Taj Bradley. I actually made this ranking before I saw that he went nine strikeouts tonight or seven strikeouts tonight and and destroyed. And was like, this is who you've been chasing forever. Yeah. Um, I could say two guys. Obviously, Christian Javier is an interesting one because you don't necessarily need to start him, but that there's a guy, especially for a head-to-head playoffs, that if it's fixed by September, could just be hello. There it is, you know. At least you'll know one way or another. Not to mention the price can't be too high at the moment. Um, So that's a very, very intriguing one. But I think actually out of all these young guys, Taj Bradley, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, Grayson Rodriguez, Edward Cabrera, Logan Allen, and Sheryl Thorn and Bradish, Gavin Williams is the most interesting because the four-seamer is really well-commanded. Two straight starts of it. Um, Upstairs, he's sure they can get a ton of whiffs with it. They got 15 against the Royals, I believe. And it's just about getting the secondaries down. And with the other ones I feel like Tanner Bybee, a little too much chaos going on I really don't know what's gonna be good on a given night for him um Grace Rodriguez I watched all of it um and I wanna I'm probably gonna just gonna do it tomorrow morning with the YouTube video even though it wasn't yesterday or whatever sure. um because I wasn't that impressed I mean the change up the changeup had some amazing moments it looks so yep. good at times but it always has 101 is just oh yeah. And they're, they're, I got to say, if you when you see 101 versus being used to like 95, if you really internalize it, it looks so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Just going straight into the glove, like you're like, wait, that was so quick and just instant, you know? But the Dodgers could hit it. Uh, and I, I started got, like, getting a little worried about, like, is the shape a little bit off? Or so I actually saw there was, I think it was Lance um, Brzezowski who mentioned, like, yeah, the shape is different. But he's also getting a lower arm angle, too. So maybe it, it like, cancels each other out. But I i don't know. I was a little weirded out. It was four out of 45 whiffs in the four-seamer for Grayson Rodriguez in his return. And then there really wasn't anything else with the breakers. Yeah, he did have some of them. But wait, i no. I'm supposed to see an upstairs four-seamer, changeups and breaking balls, both slider and curveball, down. That mm-hmm. is what I've been waiting for all year from Grayson Rodriguez. And we're still not there. No, so, I... No. Uh, I think it's still going to be volatile. Now, I'm stoked. This was fun as heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, At first, you feeling, know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, was that fun. But yeah, no, yeah, it didn't feel like the guy that you can really invest in for the next half of a season. So, so I'm going I, I
1: obviously watched that start, too, and then did some research today, which Lance, which Lance responded to. So, the, the steepest four-seamer of the season for him, the lowest amount of vert on the four seamer for him overall um a slightly different change up movement profile which upped the stuff on that one particular outing which was interesting but -hmm. what i saw from him that kind of made me click and it kind of made the whole season click for me is i and they talked a little bit on the broadcast which kind of opened my eyes for it i actually don't think it's the stuff i think it actually might be a mental thing for yeah. him at the moment yeah. because there are moments too like and you'll probably you probably saw it and you'll probably even notice it even more tomorrow when you're doing the breakdown there's a reaction almost after every pitch that he misses where it isn't like a give me the ball back and let's keep going it's like mm, he, he's like super upset that he missed that pitch and i feel it's staying with him and i want to know if he can calm that down mentally and the other thing i think oral hersheiser was bringing up on the dodgers broadcast is the wide disparity in mechanics between runners on and runners not on and how much that's messing with his command when he has runners on because he's doing kind of like a slide step when uh runners are on base and how Mm -hmm. it's like changing his mechanics he shifted more towards the third base side than he has all year and he virtually got rid of the cutter and i love that like I love cuz you're not going to throw a cutter as a right-hander while shifting closer to the to the third base side probably because then it's just going to run into barrels a little bit more, right? You pro- I mean, unless it you're, depends re- it
2: depends of course. If you're saving the cutter to lefties. If you um, yeah, if
1: you're doing it to lefties, right. yeah. Yeah, so that, um, I mean that he,
2: would, that would work. But yeah, right. It can also be really deceptive. I mean, Arietta made a career out of that. Um, that's true. But yeah. this is not Arietta's cutter. It's, no, it's, it's not. A poo-poo cutter. It's a poo-poo cutter.
1: Um, so I, I'm curious. I mean, I want to see that first inning was clearly adrenaline and happy to be back. It was so fun. I'd, it was fun. Oh, man. I could not believe he was hitting t- triple digits that much. I would like to see him like this just might be a, a, one of those prospects where it's like this year just is not going to be it. I right. right. need to just see him settle. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, okay. yeah. so, I mean, so there's
2: Eric Cabrera here too. Um mm-hmm. we saw him tonight, six K's and three walks. And it's like, yep, yeah, that's Eric Cabrera. You don't know what's gonna happen with the zone. It's 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 hilarious. Um and then Logan Allen had eight strikeouts, but we've, we've seen Logan Allen have those strikeout games. Yep. Uh his his velocity was down one point five ticks. So that's not I'm not I'm not believing in that eight strikeout game. And Kyle Braddish is here. Hey everybody, Kyle Bradish yeah. is here. Um I feel like I have a roast I'm about to say, but I'm not. Uh, But (laughs) Kyle Brash has just been doing really well. And I've underrated how good that slider is. Um, I think it's 97th percentile in PLV. Um, And I've been saying I need the slider and the curveball. And the curveball really hasn't done it. And the fastballs have been more called strike than I've seen lately. Which I don't know how sustainable that is. But fine. I'll I'll recognize this at least in 64 in tier 8. I'm not saying he's like top 40 now or something. But fine. You're not like the Toby scenario and i understand he hasn't been a cherry bomb for you lately but he still is that to me
1: do you remember the one thing that we said about kyle bradish at the beginning of the year that we were like all he has to do is do this and we think he can have success
2: i mean all i've been, I, I, what i remember saying i probably should have said something else was uh well i hate the cut in the four seamer and i uh wanted to throw sliders and curveballs a ton.
1: So, yeah, pretty much that, right? It's a career-high 30% slider usage, and it's the first time in his career, in his <laughs> two-year career, that he is throwing more sliders than four-seamers. He's going yeah. slider first, which yeah. is exactly what we wanted him to do. He's doing it. He's not doing it the way that we wanted him to, right? It's only like 4 or 5% more, but when you consider that he threw the four-seamer 45% last year, and this year he's throwing it 27%, he's just throwing... The, and, you know, the slider isn't up too much. But still, the fact that he's dropped the four-seamer usage down while maintaining the slider usage, that's kind of what we wanted to see.
2: Yeah, it's the sinker has really taken over from the four-seamer, um, yes. is what I'm seeing. And I don't know that uh, if that's... Yeah, actually, it's better than the four-seamer. Four-seamer gets crushed. Oh, my gosh.
0: The yeah, four-seamer the seamer just
2: right. gets... Cut action, I'm telling you, you don't want yep. it on four Sabres. <laughs> the sinker's like league average, but what,
1: the fact yeah. that he has like a league average heater, right? It's when way you better that than that slider. Yeah.
2: Exactly. What I've been seeing in some starts from Kyle Bradish, which is really weird to me, is he also gets these high called strikes. And it might be mm-hmm. the cut action coming down the whole McCullers thing, but it's weird. I don't know if I really buy that uh, for a long term solution. Essentially, it's the whole goal with Bradish is I need to get a lot of strikes while not allowing my fastball to get hit into play. Demolish. Like that, yeah, that, exactly. That's it. If you tell me that he gets a, a high strike rate on a given night and there's maybe one four-seamer in play, I'm going to say that was a great night. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. So
2: if that sustains itself, then that's cool. I don't know how much we can buy into that. Let's move on to the next
1: tier here as we're going to tier uh, 9, 65 through 73. Clark Schmidt, Griffin Canning, uh, Braxton Garrett at 67, followed by Seth Lugo, Michael Soroka, Emmett Sheehan, Tywin Walker down 5 to 71, Tony Gonsolin, and Kyle Hendricks. What's it called? And why is it called that?
2: It's a cardboard box. You know what it is. Random stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just like it's, just it's there. I'm not going to yeah. take it out, but like, yeah, yeah you're going to stay there.
1: And who are you acquiring from this <laughs> list? From this cardboard box?
2: So uh, this is an interesting yeah. one. Um, I I I have often very bad senses of like the market at times. I think like, oh yeah, no. I do this every day with like the streamers. I say like, okay, this guy's yeah. probably a streamer. It's like, oh, 62% rostered. Okay, fine. This someone else that I have ranked much higher is like 18%. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so I'm trying to really grasp this. And I want to say Michael Soroka. I uh, I think that Michael Soroka can be much better than what we've seen. Uh, I think he's very much a Toby, though. But don't underestimate the fact that Soroka has all of his career been a command guy. And it's going to take maybe a little bit extra of time for him to get back to it. But that's for a winning ball club. Great defense. Mm. He, they'll let him go six innings. And he can go six innings at like 70 pitches or so. Uh, that's someone that I think no one is really paying too much attention to. And I essentially just traded Michael Soroka for uh, Will Smith the closer. I mean, it was also Alec Manoa, and I was laughing as I also gave away Manoa. Sure, um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I tried to do John Gray and Alec Manoa. I was, I was so close, I had to give up Soroka instead for the closer. But anyway, the quote unquote closer because the Chapman exists, and for, yeah, exactly. I'll give me like twentieth reason why I'm I'm unhappy that this <laughs> Chapman exists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Michael Soroka is probably the one. Also, Seth Lugo is right above him too, and I think Seth Lugo is a solid play too. Same kind of idea. I mean, not as many wins, I'd say, than Soroka, but uh, good defense in front of him, and uh, yeah, he can get it done.
1: It is sort of nuts to me that the fourth best CSW on the year, or fourth or fifth best CSW, is in this tier. Yeah, and Clark Schmidt, just isn't it? has no. It's Braxton Garrett.
2: Oh, is it Garrett? Oh, yeah, cool. I mean, last three starts, right. though, for Garrett have been really weird. Terrible. The, yeah. The um, the sinker and the cutter have been far worse. And I remember watching the 13 strikeout game against Pittsburgh, and it was glorious the way he was spotting yeah. and doing the X games that David Cohn talks about with his mm-hmm. sinker and his cutter, where the cutter come off the plate to righties, and then the sinker come back on. It was lovely. And the last three starts hasn't really been that. While the slider and the changeup, which are the two pitches that really the slider that allowed Braxton Garrett to be successful last season um, hasn't really been there. So I'm kind of out on it. It used to be top 50 for me when he was on that amazing stretch. Um, Essentially, I mean, after the terrible outing against Atlanta, he then introduced the cutter against Arizona. I thought, oh, this could be interesting. And then after that went on this brilliant uh, nine game stretch. But mm. now it's Feels like that Vargas rule is kind of coming to a close as three straight starts totaling ten earned runs. So I'm I'm back to being out on Garrett, but it is a really nice matchup next time. So maybe we just go one more and we see.
1: If you can, I want you to do me a favor and go back to Sunday's game between the Marlins and the Orioles. Okay. Uh-huh. And they used an opener in Stephen Okert. But then they had George Soriano come in who is a 24 year old reliever okay. um, who has made some starts at the minor leagues and he runs out of gas in like the I think third or fourth inning and like loses his command and gets a little bit shelled. But watch a few innings and just let me know what you think because there were moments where I was like, did they do it again? With just a guy <laughs> throwing like to, like just this dude just throwing like ninety three mile an hour change ups and you know like what was his fastest? So, change-up I'm seeing, seeing eighty nine
2: like mile per hour change ups and sliders. Oh sliders, and yeah, yeah. And eight, 90, 90 and I think
1: he seven. threw like a ninety two at one point against the Orioles. When I was just like, are you serious? Like they have another guy. Yeah, he didn't insane... get an, you didn't get
2: a single whiff though on that on that change up on that change up. Yeah, he got five of five out of nineteen on the slider. That's pretty cool.
1: I don't, I don't even know if this is going to be a guy that they develop because I think he's largely been in relief, but there was just a moment where I was like, "How?" There's he's 24, he's super young. So I was yeah. like, is this just who they're going to be absolutely their number five?
2: That, that, that sounds great.
1: <laughs> it's it's very funny. Um. All right, let's move on to the next tier here as we're getting a little bit short on time. Let's go to tier uh, 10. This is 74 through 82. Dean Kramer up seven, followed by J.P. Sears, Steven Matz, Domingo Herman, Yusei Kikuchi, Luis Severino down at 79, Andrew Heaney at eighty, Mackenzie Gore and rounding at the tier, John Gray at eighty-two. What's it called, and why is it called that?
2: This is Madison. Madison, Madison is the spider that lives in my closet, uh, and I constantly I debate if I should let Madison live and everything because I think Madison is helping. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, there is a spider in my closet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, who are you? Who are you acquiring here in this tier?
2: Oh, man. I think the sneakiest one is Steven Matz because he's at 95 mm-hmm. miles per hour. Um, and I, he didn't do well in his last start, but he didn't had nine strikeouts the one before. I feel like Steven Matz has that in him. Um, it can't be Gore. Severino, honestly, is pretty free at the moment. He did just get nine whiffs combined on cutters and sliders, and maybe something is opening the door there. Sure. But uh, I think Steven Matz is the kind of the interesting one that you should have your eye on.
1: If if it is a points league, and especially if it's a quality starts points yeah, league,
2: Dean Kramer, I
1: I say JP Sears.
2: Oh Sears, yeah. If Sears? The wins
1: don't matter because they honestly blow every like, single lead. Anyway. <laughs> it's it's like, seriously the rules are made up and the wins don't matter because honestly <laughs> it feels because I, I I have I have him you know uh, rostered in a few teams and like it's unbelievable just watching. Yeah, the, lead the problem I have him. with
2: JP Sears is that he allows a lot of home runs
1: but he's um, the third best whip in baseball
2: no I know I know the the, the five the five percent walk rate and the seven hit per nine has been really really good
1: and he gets uh, he, he's
2: not getting eight or nine K's but he, he gets you six seven like oh no he has these nights where he has like 19 whiffs all of a sudden it's um, unbelievable it's pretty cool the uh the four seamer has become that good thing mostly at the top of the zone I mean I've called him like Eric Lauer 2022. But yeah. I think he's become a little bit more than that because the slider's actually been a really good pitch two thirty-three percent CSW, 68% strike rate. And every so often we have this game where the changeup is a good thing. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? So good to see you, you know? So, uh, yeah, he's he's just volatile is the thing. And I know the 102 whip is like, whoa, that's eleventh best among all starting pitchers. I'm like, yeah, that isn't going to stick for a long time. He, he's a fly ball guy. Which yeah, is great. It's for third Oakland.
1: best amongst qualified pitchers.
2: I know. I, I'm. I'm. This is. I think that means more to my argument of like we know that's not going to stick around. So, I. <sighs> uh, I mean, you do you think it is? I think that
1: if a guy has a 120 inning sample or whatever he has, an 110 inning sample of that whip, huh? It, it there's a and with his K rate, which he has shown su- success sustaining, sustaining. It wouldn't surprise me. Now tomorrow, of course he faces Houston and maybe it all goes by the wayside, but he's beaten up on, he look what he did against the the Atlanta. I mean, it was like six innings with one and run. It was just two strikeouts, but like he's faced difficult teams and succeeded before. I don't know. He, he, you know, we're also talking about what the guy who's 77 on the list right now. 17- yeah. So
2: this is, I think this is the, uh, the pushback I'm going to have here is that on balls in play, um, 234 BABIP overall right now I uh, the four seamer has an Expo bacon of 30th percentile okay um, slider is 49th percentile and Expo bacon changeup is 26th percentile the, I, it, like the arguments that I normally see about um about whip guys is that you throw you don't get uh you don't get walks and you are really good at inducing weak contact generally right and or then you strike out everybody instead, so there's no opportunity to even like you know, have a hit. Um, to me, it feels like it's squeezing everything out of JP Sears at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and I just don't really think this is going to be sustainable the rest of the way. So I I don't think you can cite the slider
1: stuff because it's two separate sliders that are being lumped together, mm-hmm. and one the sweeper. He, and he and has a sweep. Slider, yeah. He has a sweeper yeah. and a slider, and one is a lot sure. better than the other. Um, which I think, and if, if people are interested in J.P. Sears, uh, he was last week's episode of the Alex Fast Show. I have a small love affair me and Alex Chamberlain do with Sears, so you can you can <laughs> listen to everything you want to hear about J.P. Sears. Um, we'll see how he how he fares. I'm a little worried uh, against Houston, but we'll, we'll see. Anyway, we got to get to this last year here, tier 11, the big chonky. I did that
2: for you 83 I need 80, you to say thank that
1: you once <laughs> love a love a big love a big chonker um we didn't have a tiny little baby tier today uh but these this tier is filled with movers and shakers um 83 <laughs> through 100 Christopher Sanchez followed by JP France at 84 Bryce Elder down to 85 Aaron Savalle down to 86 followed by Reese Olsen, Nick Pavetta, the greatest reliever of all time, Alec Manoa down to 89, Dane Dunning, Cutter Crawford at 91, Jose Quintana, he lives, at 92, (laughs) Johan Oviedo, he lives, at 93, Michael Lorenzen, Matt Manning at 95, followed by Luis Medina, interesting night for him, Tommy Henry down 17 to 97, Kyle Gibson down to 98, Miles Michaelis and the new Mr. 100,
2: Alec Marsh, What's it called and why is it called that? Um, this is the video game bag where it's like you have all the old things that you used to play, but you're like, you can't get rid of them. So then every so often there's that one day they're like, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to whip out my Nintendo DS. I'm just going to mm-hmm. play this one. Love that. For, for this one game. Huge and then man. like sometimes you're going to play for like five minutes. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> uh, this, I, this is not fun. I'm not enjoying myself. I'm wasting my time. I'll put this back. <laughs> Very good. Um, Very quick were- question. You said um, Medina had a very interesting night. I have Mm -hmm. not seen this yet. Um, Did he? Did he go tonight? Is that right? He did. He went.
1: uh, Yeah, he went against the Red Sox, uh, where he pulled out thirteen
2: whiffs on the night. Um, I think there was yes six strikeouts, five point two innings. Okay. Um, So here's the thing about Medina is that last start he went slider heavy out of nowhere, and it was. I mean, I've been calling him um, Frankie Montes without the splitter. (laughs) Which is like not a good thing to do, but it's like, hey, maybe the slider and the and the fastballs can get you enough outs. Um, but Medina all of a sudden throwing a slider over that gets a ton of whiffs is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not supposed to do that. However, it was only nineteen percent sliders in this, three whiffs on it. So unfortunately, I can't really endorse that. However, the curveball five whiffs on 14. So that's eight over twenty nine breaking balls for whiffs. That's kind of cool. Um so he's so interesting. It, he's an interesting guy. I don't know. Full disclosure too. Yeah.
1: The reason I was interested in him actually ended up being moot, which was that in the first two innings he showed uh he was up uh, a tick uh on virtually all of his pitches. Ah. Um I think Eno tweeted about it. Um and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting, but then he looks like he just kind of resolved back to his old self yeah. as the game progressed, but still it's, it's some interesting stuff there from from
2: Absolutely. Kind of and, you know, to go over everyone in here now. Um, Bryce Elder I'm, is going to be my SP, SP roundup lead tonight. Um, can you guess what the pun is? Uh, for Bryce um, Elder, it's a very easy respect one. Your, respect your elders, that's that was an old one, and also okay. that's when he does well. But this was really bad. This the is Bryce is wrong, eh, close. <laughs> what yeah, is she, it? It's Bryce Cold. Um, Bryce so, Cold. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, Bryce Elder to me was a Vargas rule for a long time. And I say, you know what, you'll seven runs against the Rays. Like that's not going to be the wall. But then you just follow that with another clunker tonight. And I think it's time, guys, that we move on from Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder to me has always been this not actually that good pitcher. Yeah. But uh yeah, this isn't this is, it's kind of time to move on. Christopher Sanchez could be a really interesting one. He's probably the one I go after um for the, the second half. Um I think there might be like some Ranger Suarez magic here. Uh, with a reliever converted starter uh, in the Phillies for the second half with a really good changeup. Sinker that does get a decent amount of outs. It's kind of hard to to barrel up. And a slider that can be really good too. Um, Reese Olsen's interesting as well, but the changeup isn't there. Pavetta is does this, but like, we know it's not going to stick around forever. That's just the life of Pavetta. And Alec Manoa, if you guys watched my YouTube video breaking down his Tigers game, you would have known to trade away Alec Manoa yeah um and uh yeah that's you know that was not good today <laughs> it wasn't was good five it walks was... zero strikeouts i think it was listen man it was
1: it was a very tough day for a lot of pitchers today it was like you, you gotta had to kind of had to gird your loins a little bit today it was not <laughs> okay, necessarily exciting for you i mean not the people so Zach Davies nine earned runs, Lucas Giolito eight, Mitch Keller eight, Tarek Skubal seven. Uh, you know, like we already talked about, Tyler Wells, Bryce Elder two and two thirds with five earned runs, Carlos Carrasco four and two thirds with four earned runs, Tony Disco two innings, four earned runs. It was just three earned run, uh, four earned runs, three innings oh, you for know Adam Who Noah. didn't
2: stumble? Let's see. Nathan Ivaldi at ninety three point yeah. one.
1: Yeah, unbelievable.
2: What unbelievable. is this world? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable!
1: Um Unbelievable. All right. That is going to do it, though, for episode number 402 of On the Corner, the official Vigilist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast.
2: <sighs> I'm Nick Pollock. I guess I'll see you next week when you have all these thrown 92.5. <laughs>